Welcome to Movie Babies. I'm Devin. I'm Sean. This is a special mini episode where we're going to review a whole movie. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Dose. It's two. It's a, it's a special two in English. Uh, summer kickoff. Sean, you're here uh, shirtless. <laughs> the sun's out and we're inside. In the dark with the door closed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being a bunch of uh, home buddies. Yeah. It's a lazy Sunday. It's Mother's Day. It's Mother's did, Day. Did you call your mom? I did call my mom. What'd she say? I, I, she listen to this show ever? I hope, pray to God, <laughs> that no one listens to this show. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's my internal struggle on when we're promoting the show. Mm. As like, do I post this on my Facebook yeah. under my real name? Probably a bad idea. Where all these people, all my coworkers and my mommies, well, yeah, mommy. they're gonna be pissed. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen you all weekend, but tell me what you did last night. What did I do last night? Well, you saw a movie, right? Oh, I saw. <laughs> that was a great segue, and I totally dropped the ball on that one. We're a little out of practice. Yeah, it's been. Uh, it's we had a long week of putting off how to follow the Keith episode. So he broke the format. He broke us. Shout out to Keith for being an awesome guest. That was really fun. Um, everybody was pretty. Seemed to be pretty happy with the episode that I thought was gonna really set the message boards on fire. Yeah. Turns uh, out nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. They're all enablers. <laughs> They're like they already knew we were perverts. Yeah, I guess that's true. Nothing to hide. Um, you saw this movie. I saw this movie last night. Okay. Sean, you saw this movie Turns last out, night. Turns out, yeah, we have something in common. I also saw this movie, not last night, but a couple, like the night it came out. So we reviewed the trailer for this movie, the teaser trailer, in mm-hmm. episode 12 with special celebrity guest Django. Yeah, I think we had pretty opposite opinions based on the trailer of what we were going to expect out of the movie. We re-listened to that episode. Sean, you tore this trailer apart. I wasn't happy with it. You gave it, I love robots the lowest. Yeah. I gave it like a lot. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Django broke our system. Gave it a like a lot in space with zombies. He mutated the system. Kind of very divisive trailer and movie because it's maybe overly, well, I don't know. Here, I mean, here's the thing. It's a kid's movie, so I don't know what I'm expecting. My child, only by societal standards. Yeah. But not numerically. I mean, many people would argue we are children. Yeah, yeah. But are these movies made for us? No. We've seen too much real shit in the world to, like, properly enjoy these movies. Yeah. So it's it's not even worth it, probably, to listen to this review because it's, like, I don't know, listening to, like, grandpas talk about PlayStation games. Like, it's just not, like, that's not for you, grandpa. Sorry. One of these days we'll have to get a kid guest. We've got to do a kid guest, and we have to do an elderly person guest. Okay, yeah. This is our mission. I mean, that might just be a better podcast. Get a kid kid and an elderly person, we retire. Yeah. Yeah, that's season two. (laughs) So, Sean, I think the question is, before we get too far into this, did your feelings change from the trailers to the movie? They did. They, They changed for the better. After I saw the movie, well, the, I thought the movie was, like, really cute and enjoyable. It's not a good movie as far as, like, oh, this story really develops to, like, have some interesting twists and turns, and, man, don't we learn so much interesting things about these characters? Those elements are very much thrown at us very haphazardly. The cute appeal, all the stuff that I was kind of like, this is too too sweet for my taste yeah. in the trailer... I actually thought it was really, like, fun. The Groot stuff, the Drax stuff, the all the stuff that 
you know, it just it was really charming. You even like the draft stuff. Yeah, it's funny. You hate drafts. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> what was it? What do you think the turnaround was for the draft character from um, the first to the second one? Because well, Django was also concerned. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm. I'm afraid they're going to overdo it with this draft character. Yeah, they they made him. They took his like I don't get itness, and they kind of flipped it in this one to just make him mean. But, like, in an innocent way. Yes. So he's just ranking on this chick that he likes, yeah. but he doesn't have the skills to do that properly. And so it's kind of funny that he's just, like, you know, giving this Mantis gal a hard time. I don't but, know. I mean, But it's, they're it's, also, like, they get along so well, and they're obviously, like, quickly yeah, best friends. Yeah, exactly. There's an understanding there. So it didn't seem, like, tormenting. It seemed, like, light razzing. That was, mm-hmm. like, humorous. I don't know. It was good. They divided up the characters in a way where they kind of, maybe that was the benefit of having these extra additional characters, was to kind of, like, bring out some other dynamics so that, for instance, you mentioned earlier, like, that Drax and Star-Lord scene where in the trailer they're, like, he's hugging him and he doesn't want to be hugged. Yes. Like, that's not in there. And, like, nope. a lot of the comedy between, amongst the characters is distributed with them playing off a new character that we haven't seen them with yet. That's true, yes. Rocket and Yondu and, like, Drax and Mantis and... Uh, Star-Lord and Ego and then, like, Nebula and Gamora kind of all get to, like, explore parts of their senses of humor based off of these other characters. That is a good good point. It kind of feels fresh in that way because it's not... They're not playing off the same characters. Yeah. They're playing off the new characters yeah, and we, their personalities. Which was funny because that was, like, a big gripe of mine. It's like, you're going to throw all these new characters into the mix? But yes. I guess they needed it to have them not be in each other's way. So I like the movie as well, but I think I'm a, I was a little more disappointed than I first thought. Really? Yeah. What were the disappointing elements to you? Um, that surprises me. This goes, before we, we go into my uh, opinions about it, this is my new theory. If you hate a trailer, you're going <laughs> to love the movie, uh-huh. and if you're like really stoked to see a movie, you're going to hate it. Because uh, we yeah. just... Complete opposite. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate the movie, but it, it was a little bit more disappointing than what I had going into what it. What you signed up for. And you, were, you had very low expectations. Yeah. And you ended up enjoying it quite a bit. I think that's a good way to go into movies like this. Just expect them to suck. Because when they do, you're like, yeah, but that one part was yeah. funny. I want to get, we need like some sort of movie baby intern. And I want <laughs> like some hard facts of like. Every time we're, like, very low expectations of a movie... Oh, yeah. What's our end result? Do we end up loving it? Well, I mean, we destroyed Chips in that review, and I really thought Chips was funny. And we probably weren't, like, that positive... Well, I don't know. Maybe we were. Did we talk up Split pretty well? I think we did. Okay, okay. I ended up liking that. Definitely. It's not a hard fact rule. That's why I need those data points. Mm -hmm, So all mm -hmm. you math nerds... Crunch Get these numbers. Crunch some numbers. Listener Cameron Jennings, if you can, like, do some calculations on that, <laughs> get back to us. I computed <laughs> your movie data points. <laughs> We've kind of flipped our opinions. Does that mean we can enter the spoiler part of the podcast? Yeah, what's well, a spoiler episode? If you're jumping off here, we normally review trailers. Yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing right now. Catch us next week, and hopefully we'll do that. Yeah, I think we'll have a. I think we've got a guest in the chamber next week. Ooh, a lot of fun trailers out. We haven't talked. Oh about. yeah, yeah. There's some stuff we got to get on. But for the rest of you who have seen Guardians, stick around because we're going to spoil everything. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of shit. So my like non sequitur question is: What does this movie have against Dairy Queen? <laughs> well, it's more. 
Well, let's get straight to that because it's another <laughs> marketing yeah. tactic. I had Power Ranger vibes again where the Krispy Kremes. Yeah. This one isn't as obvious. I was very confused because I don't think of Dairy... I kind of think of Dairy Queen as a regional thing now. Is it like having this like comeuppance where it's like on the uh, same battleground of like a McDonald's or a Burger yeah. King? Yeah, and keeps me here ever since it married the Burger King. <laughs> it's really it. grown... <laughs> Especially in the UK. Uh, why hasn't that happened yet? That's what I want. Um, a Burger King Dairy Queen. Like, they should do some sort of up. promotional, like, wedding ceremony. <laughs> and then McDonald's can be, like, the jester. That's the, they can be objecting to the thing. They're like... Does anyone see a reason why these two should not be wed? And then, honk, honk! Yeah. It's me, McDonald's! What are we talking about? <laughs> We're back at it! Hey, this is the Movie Babies. We review what it might be like if two fast food franchises <laughs> married each other publicly. Yeah. Welcome to my brain, Sean. <laughs> this is me 24-7. Uh, anyway, I just thought it was funny that they kept bringing up Dairy Queen or it was kept, kept being in shots and stuff. And it was like, because I'm of the opinion that Dairy Queens don't exist to the rest of the world, it was like, that's a real inside like reference, yeah. not like a paid promotional thing. Yeah, well, so behind the scenes... Mm-hmm. Guardians teamed up with Dairy Queen. You could get a Guardians of the Galaxy Blizzard, which I did get. Yeah. Wasn't What's that, in it? Wasn't that good? Pieces of wood and raccoon teeth? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why aren't we getting this episode sponsored by Dairy Queen? Yeah, that's a great question. Right. Well, we got to blow it up, apparently. But for those who haven't seen it, they show like an established shot of Dairy Queen in the 80s. And then they show it in the now and the present. And this time it gets blown up by the plot point yeah but also what i noticed is like their motto is like was it we're not fast food we're fan food really that's like what was on the sign yeah i was like that's a strange like fan food we're we're food for fans of dairy queen oh that's what i mean it seemed a little meta because like it seemed like hey we're fanboys Oh, okay. I, I said, okay. Dairy Queen, we're fanboys. We love the Guardians. That's mm-hmm. why we have these Blizzard shakes. Okay, okay. It was weird. They're trying to identify as the nerdier fast food restaurant. Yeah. Not as bad as the Power Rangers. Not as in your face. If you're going yeah. to do marketing, I mean. Yeah, I guess they only brought it up twice and not six times. <laughs> 16 like, times. Whatever. Should there have been a scene of, like, Baby Groot just chowing down on a little Blizzard? <laughs> a little flamethrower burger. Dives um, in. I liked the little Groot dance sequence at the beginning of the movie. The opening was amazing. And that's when I was super on board. Like, yeah. that was one of the better openings yeah. I've seen. Little Groot puts on the boombox, and they're fighting the giant star monster. So this is the monster we saw in all the teaser trailers. That's the part I did like about it. He looked cool. Yeah, it was a great monster. Yeah. And they did the thing where like, you just start with, like, kind of the opening battle. Mm-hmm. In the background... They're having this mega war, which could have been, like, its own movie, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. This could have been, like, the... I mean, it looked like the fight would have been more interesting than the actual climax of the actual action sequence of the movie. <laughs> like, But, the yeah, they did this great thing where they cut away and they just followed Groot dancing around to this shitty, like, B-side of an ELO song or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and just kind of bopping around. But then each Guardian, like, as they get knocked around by this beast, they kind of fall into his shots. Yeah. And, and kind of interact with him. And there's some really, like, good moments with Yeah. That. I remember uh, Gamora, like, <laughs> gets knocked on her ass, sees Groot, and is like, oh, hi, Groot! 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, and they have like a little way. It was pretty good. When Drax like destroys the boombox or whatever, and he just starts like beating up on him. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, there was a whole like Groot and Drax dynamic too, mm-hmm. where they were always kind of at odds with one another. Yeah, and that was fantastic. Get get me re. You saw it more fresh than I did. Yes. Remind me, they're battling that monster because. They need these batteries that they need to give to the gold people. Yeah. But does the monster have the batteries? The monster's trying to eat the batteries. So it's not even like trying to sell the batteries, which are worth a lot. The monster's just trying to eat them. And he comes out of nowhere. They're not expecting the monster. So the gold people hired the galaxy, the <laughs> the guardians of the galaxy, mm-hmm. which is a plot point you hoped would happen. Is like they're kind of like they're for hire. Yeah, they're yeah, for yeah. hire. Yeah, yeah. So they're that's a team of space. Yep. So yeah. that's kind of going on where the gold people are like, we are bred to perfection mm-hmm. to the point where we cannot spare one of us. We can't like, get our hands dirty. We with can't get show. our hands dirty. You guys, we have this problem. This monster's trying to eat our batteries. <laughs> so kill the monster? So kill the monster. Oh, okay. Okay, I guess I didn't catch that. So that happens. Mm-hmm. Why were at the gold people? What was your thoughts on the gold people? The gold people were cool. They looked... I thought the whole time that the main gold chick was Iggy Azalea. Until until this Until, like, the Black Widow song. You don't know that? No. Oh, God. Uh, uh, I thought it was... <laughs> Is he Scarlett it. Johansson? What? The, the Black actual Widow? Actor? No, 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 the song. Um, this is not going to go anywhere. Uh, I, was wrong. Go with I was wrong about the casting of this character, that's my point. Um, but I liked the gold people, I thought it was kind of odd that they... I mean, now that you reminded me that they were like, yeah, we don't get our hands dirty with the shit, that's why we hire other people, that's why we send these, like, drone ships out to, yes. like, get our batteries back when, after Rocket... Burgles one, which also was like, why are you doing that? Seems like a very immediate consequence for the movie. They're just flying these little drones so that, like, when they get zapped, it's like they're playing a video game or whatever. Yes. Like, their little station goes down. It's like an arcade, cool. too, even with the point where there's like one guy who's like the last survivor and he's like, he's like on a run. Yeah, and everybody's and like, like cheering yeah, him yeah, on. Yeah. And then when he dies, everyone's like, oh, fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you loser. Yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. I don't know. Did you like him? Did you like the gold people? I like people? the gold people, too. Um, the aesthetic of the movie mm-hmm. I thought was great, so I liked the look of the gold people. Mm-hmm. It kind of, if I talk too much about them, it kind of gets to my nitpicks of the movie, yeah. where it's like me, where I was left a little more disappointed. It's a little bit of a mess in yeah. terms of oh, like yeah. the amount of plot points going on, the yeah. amount of character development they're trying to do, the amount of splitting the party. Mm-hmm. It it's set up as if like they're gonna be the threat of the movie, but then they kind of disappear and they keep kind of popping in and out. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of a red herring like bad guy staff in this, and then the Ravagers are kind of the same thing where it's like they pop in and out, and you just never get a like because of that you immediately like implicate ego as the bad you implicate Kurt Russell as the bad guy because you're like well these guys are kind of blowing it. They're not really that threatening of forces here, so it, it's gotta be that this new character is the bad guy. They're they're both played for laughs. Yeah. Yes. Oh, there's lots of hints that you was gonna be the bad guy as well. Gamera didn't trust him right away. Right. And like Mantis the, is like, I gotta tell you some shit about Mantis my boss. Is like, like, I gotta I, tell you uh, we know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got it at this point. And then 
So we, let's let's talk about Ego the villain right now and yeah. Kurt Russell. So he gets introduced like immediately, like after they steal the batteries and the sovereigns are sent after them. This little man on a rocket, like surfing yeah. this rocket, like pew pew pew, shoots all the gold guys' ships and like gives them another friendly wave, and then they like crash land on this planet. And then Kurt Russell's like, "Dude, I'm your fucking dad." The thing that they shouldn't have put in the trailer anyway, yes. like. Don't do that. Don't give... I mean, I know oh, that they gave like, it away. Yeah, they gave it away in the trailer, but it's like, eh, you don't need to do that. Let's do some comparisons mm. right now. That one I didn't have a problem with just because it happened so early in the movie. Sure. What I did have problems with... So during the teaser, the scene they show you is the climax of the film. Yeah. Of like... The bomb thing? Yeah. The bomb thing. So that is a little like, ooh. You're kind of giving like... I'm watching a movie that's waiting for come. this battery bomb to be deployed. And, yeah. and we saw that, and that scene too was also in like so many of the trailers. Just like it's definitely fresh in your mind. Yeah. The other thing I didn't like was they introduced the new team of the Guardians of the Galaxy with Nebula and Mantis, mm. and that stuff doesn't happen until way in, at the end of the movie. Right. Where you're like, okay, you're family now. So like one of my biggest nitpicks in terms of stories that didn't work for me was Nebula and Gamera. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, Nebula, we know Nebula is going to join the team because they were hyping it up yeah. so much. Well, but and you know they're not going to kill each other because it's not an R-rated movie. <laughs> like, you right. know, it's like, it's that or like, yeah, it's pretty inevitable. Yeah, but it doesn't happen. Nebula doesn't decide that, okay, I'm not going to kill my sister until mm. the third act. Right. And if that's your third act, one of your third act like reveals mm. you can't show me the answer in the trailer yeah the actual act breakdown for this movie is like it's so dependent on who you're following like who's your main character right like i guess the default is like follow it from star lord's perspective or yeah. whatever and you can do act breakdowns that way but for everybody else's they were so oddly placed where the reveals and the turns and the advancements of like now the ante's getting upped that and they were placed in weird parts of the movie that, like, it was, like, way worse than, like, a episode of TV where you're like, okay, you got the A plot, the B plot, the C plot, and maybe yeah. this, like, running gag that runs through it that maybe only gets, like, two scenes or whatever, but it, like, serves as... Everything seemed like the running gag to me where it was just like, <laughs> oh, shit, they just threw in, like, this hard pivot really quickly. Oh, now this one got, like, dragged out from the beginning of the movie to all the way to the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of craziness going on the yandu rocket like heart to heart after yes. like the jail thing and he was like i'm, I'm i want to be better than star lord and he's like no you're just like me you're just you're, you're just a scared shit. guy and it's like <laughs> what the fuck is happening these two like badasses decide to have this like as they're like zooming to like go rest you know save the day or whatever they're yeah. gonna ha- have this heart to heart in front of this other stranger character like sean gunn's character's just standing there and yeah. it's like they're all going to, like, drop their veneer and be like, we're just a bunch of scared dickheads out here in the in the galaxy just floating around. And it's like, what? Yeah. So it's, bizarre. It's hard for me to rail against this movie for, like, wanting to develop all its characters mm-hmm. and give them, like, uh, arcs. Yeah. Like, that's great. But there's too many characters. And, yeah, the way they did it, there was no flow of the movie. Yeah, very hard to follow. And then, like, moments like that where it should have been really, like, impactful. Like, Rocket, like, letting his guard down. Or, like, Nebula deciding, at least in some way, forgive her sister. Right. Or Peter meeting his dad. 
they're all like they don't have the same impact that they should. Yeah, emotionally they're very like just thrown at us and so it's very hard to feel anything. In fact, the scene where Peter is like starts to form the energy ball yeah. and he has he like plays catch with is that? I was talking to Joe about this last night, uh, <laughs> former guest Joe, and we were both talking about like that like got laughs. Like when the music swelled up and it was like supposed to be this touching scene, like the audience I was with was like laughing. It was a strange scene because yeah, it's and some of the scenes, even a lot of the feel in James Gunn's humor was like that, where it's like, okay, you're kind of showing us an emotional scene, but the cheese on that one was also <laughs> like, you're purposely kind of making it funny too, right? I don't know. And there's a lot of scenes where it's like emotional, emotional, and then they're like undercut it with like jokes, or they're like in the in the funeral at the end, like... It's just like, oh, it's supposed yeah, to be emotional, to but he's also sad. doing jokes yeah. as well. Yeah, it's just all those things that they were striving for. I was just kind of like, all right, well, good luck with that. But you're not going to get my tears. They're, they're not that cheap. <laughs> this movie could have been called, like, Daddy Issues of the Galaxy Volume 2 because every character has not just like a kind of like, oh, that's a bummer relationship, they're dead, but like the most terrifying for a kid's movie relationship to their father. Yes. If we can review. Let's do it. Ego went around the universe impregnating women yep. as a secondary act from like putting these these actual seeds into the earth, which yeah. was like his primary function. So he's just kind of like on this like rock and roll like booty cruise. Yeah. Just fucking gals and creating these babies and then stealing them and then murdering them when they're not what he wants them to be. Right, right. So you see the bone collection. Yeah. So that's terrifying. He also has Yandu basically like human child traffic his son back to get him. Yeah. Which is like extremely traumatizing. He murders his son's mother because he doesn't want to miss her. He gives, gives her, her cancer. cancer. Because he does like, ah, I don't want that booty call to like get picked up by someone else, so I'm just gonna like quick cancer that ass. Like that was bizarre. Okay, so there's one instance of just like overly horrifying like family yeah. dynamics. Doesn't Yandu like reveal that his parents like threw him into like slave battle yeah, as like a child. gave him away when he was a kid and, like, sold him to slavery. Yeah, and then him standing in as Star-Lord's, like, Urzat's father, he's, he's like, yeah, I kind of took the kid along because he could, like, do crimes for me because he's small. Yeah. Like, okay, that's pretty horrifying. Nebula straight up mutilated by her father when she didn't win battles against so Gamora. So this is what I want to get to, yeah. Okay. The Thanos... Walk me through that. Thanos... So the... <laughs> I mean, I, I I want you to finish your point. I want to go back to this point, though, because I have a lot to say about this messed up plot point okay. of, like, every... T yeah, basically, Thanos would make Gamera and Nebula, like, fight and battle, and Gamera would win every time, and mm -hmm. every time Nebula would lose... Thanos would, like, rip out her eyeball or, like, like tear, tear her arm, arm off and then <laughs> replace it with robots. So that's why she's just, like, this robot... Like, patchwork quilt of a human or alien. Yeah, it's just so fucking horrifying. Like, and it gets tossed out kind of in passing. 
I mean, it's supposed to be like a touching moment. It's like, you know, her like appeal to her sister to like, you know, this was my sadness and you didn't, you dismissed it. And why yeah. didn't you love me? But I was just like, oh my God. Well, and then we see Yondu mm-hmm. first scene in a robot brothel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> I forgot about that. And so <laughs> let's go back to your beginning point when you said this movie isn't for us. It's a kid's movie. Oh yeah. 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 Is it a kid's movie? I mean, those elements make it pretty, like, side-eye-y as far as, like, did I just take my kid to, like, watch child abuse yeah. the movie? Well, and then the ending is the funeral. Yeah, yeah, which is, and, like... And that's how it ends. Yeah, I ring won't. out your Kleenexes after this one, because, like, your kids are not... They're going to just, like, come home and be like, is Grandpa going to die? Is, right. like, is the, our dog going to self-sacrifice <laughs> to the alien overlords? And, like, are we going to have to put him down? Are like, you, hey, Mommy, Daddy, are you going to sell me to slaves? <laughs> if I don't beat the shit out of my sister, are you going to tear my arm off? <laughs> yeah, I hope that's the, like, uh, takeaway of some kids. Like, well, I got to beat up my sister so my mom doesn't rip my eyeballs yeah. off. I want, I want families that went to Guardians to, like, have to, like cater to like children waking up with night terrors like i gotta kill Susie. i just i gotta beat her i gotta take a lead pipe to her so i don't get my toes yeah. pinched um, off with fucking so I nail gonna, clippers i was gonna say like who are these movies appealing to when they're obviously kids movies because it's disney yeah and it's marvel comic books mm-hmm. and so it's supposed to be a family and they're marketing towards kids yeah and families but then the content is not necessarily for kids, but then I think about the movies we grew up in the eighties, oh, yeah. and that's yeah. kind of all my favorite movies had that element. This like overly adultness to yeah, it. Yeah, like the never-ending story. Yeah. One of my favorite movies as a kid. I'm rewatching that. There's super like, dark. Super dark. There's like characters you love dying. Mm-hmm. I, I can't fault it for that. No, it just did it in like a kind of haphazard way because the humor that's kind of like, oh, this one's for the parents, this one's for the kid, this one's for the parents, this one's for the kid. Okay, that's kind of par for the course. But like the emotional beats that were supposed to be kind of like, well, whatever they were supposed to be. Like, I feel like some of them were like overly traumatizing for a kid and then like underwhelmingly not effective in the same breath sometimes. Like just kind of like all over the board and not really nailing the landings. Yeah, and that's the that's the problem. So let's go back to that Nebula, uh, Gamera. What's her name? <laughs> Gamera, the Gamora. giant turtle from the Japanese monster movies. <laughs> Gamora scene. Uh, that is the one. Out of all the storylines, there, that's the arc that didn't work for me. The film wants us to have some sort of sympathy, I guess, with Gamora. Right? She's on our team. She's on the Guardians. She's yeah. the one who has the love connection with. The main character, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, and that's—I don't like that. Yeah, that's we'll, the part we'll, I don't we'll like. get to okay. that as well. A lot of pins in this yeah. conversation. So when Nebula finally reveals why she hates her sister so much, our father put us against each other, and every time you beat me, knowing the result of what would happen, mm. and you let me become this monster. We barely get a, like, I'm sorry from Gamora. Oh, yeah. She's barely, she's like, that's not my problem. She's like, Dad, what's up? That's Dad. It's like, well, that's a little on you, too. You beat her ass every time. Yeah, her competitive edge just let her, like, destroy her sister. And her sister's like, yeah, like, I could have fought back, but I just wanted a sister. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's just a great character reveal because Nebula, too, is kind of like, probably the least interesting character in terms of screen time, but also I, I, I can't tell about her performance, the actress. 
Oh, Nebula? Yeah. She's I, terrible. Yeah, okay. She's terrible. I, like, some of her, oh, like, God. timing, I'm just like, uh, I don't, this isn't really working for me. Yeah, she but, just popped up in the the circle, the Tom Hanks okay. and Emma Watson movie that just came out, and I was just like, oh, God, you barely can speak English. And on top of that, like, it's just bad acting, uh, okay. bad I delivery. I wasn't sure if she was just trying to go with a robotic performance or if she just has a No, I think she's got a very thick Scottish accent that's hard for her to maybe work around so like maybe some of her delivery is dropped because it's like just like hard okay and 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 then she's not a good actress so yeah okay that's too bad um but that drop it's it's like one of the like strongest arcs in terms of like whoa like changing your opinion about a character yeah and so glossed over mm. and Gamora doesn't read she doesn't fix it enough for me. Right. To make her like now I'm kinda of pissed at Gamora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't she didn't get a good break in this movie. Like she kinda of got sidelined into like romantic in love interest mode way too I mean the the whole Sam and Diane thing or whatever they like threw in there too. It's yeah. just like way too soon of this, and I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like it. There's, like, there's not that chemistry. Like I feel more. There's more of a chemistry between Batista and Mantis, right? Than there is between Chris Pratt and this uh, Gamera. Lady. Yeah, she would be better as the rival for leadership, like rather than Rocket. Mm-hmm. And but I get like why they think that works, and I mean, you know, that's fine. It's a choice. But like, I do not think that it's just so like, well, that's the main man and that's the main woman, so they should be in love. But, right. I don't fucking buy that. And I think like it diminishes her character as being kind of the silent badass to have to like deliver lines of like. Oh well, I think you should like go. You be with your dad because that's what you want. Because I know you so well. It's like fuck. What the fuck? These people are having like these kind of heart to hearts on the ship. I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. And so with her having to like do her sister thing, but then kind of like not cop into like the consequences of their battles and stuff is like. Okay, well, now it just plays against the character that I just thought was, like, more emotionally sensitive. Like, it didn't... Right. It didn't pan out right, and I feel like this, like, it's shitty because they're trying to inflate their female characters mm-hmm. um, and, like, have what should be a pretty interesting, like, oh, sister, like, sister rivalry. That's an interesting concept. Sure. And, like, I've got two students who are sisters who fucking hate each other, and right. I was like, oh, you guys are going to love Guardians of the Galaxy. But it's just not done in a compelling way or in a realistic enough way. And there's no proper payoff to it. So it really makes Gamora kind of like not developed. I was going to say, they don't have the turning point for Nebula when she decides not to kill her sister. Other than she reveals, I always wanted to be your sister. I just wanted to be sisters. Yeah, it's so... But it's like, if my sister was constantly kicking my ass and making me into a robot lady, mm. like, yeah, I'd still be pissed. Like, she was so angry throughout the film, and then once she decides she doesn't want to kill her sister, I, I didn't have that character motivation build-up. Yeah. The build-up, it went from shooting, 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 to, okay, I won't kill you. Yeah, especially with, like, you know, all the hoops she's jumping through to try to do it. Like, I didn't even understand how she somehow tricked the Ravengers into, like, giving her a new hand and, like, giving her a ship to go, like, kill her sister. Like, I don't even know how that happened. That was, like, very haphazard. But, like, by the time she's, like, descending on the planet and just, like, guns a-blazing, like, trying to murder, and yeah. then when her ship crashes and Gamora's got that giant cannon and she's just like, ah, fuck you, like, ramboing her ass. Yeah. You're just like, like okay, this is like full on murder mode, and then maybe that's supposed to be kind of the f- fun and humor of like 
the sister rivalry. That's the pivot or whatever, yeah. but it's like, it really doesn't make it seem like you can get away with them being like, we just wanted to be pals. Like, that's not what it's the, at the core of that. <laughs> Like, maybe you guys both can, like, want to murder your father, but I don't think you're friends. Well, and what's the turning point for that they're friends now? There wasn't a turning point other than... Gamora was straight up going to, like, give her to bounty hunters for, like, a price on her head. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't... There wasn't a family dynamic, like, at all. No. The turning point is that Nebula tells the information to the audience, but... It's information that both those characters would already know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very unnecessary. And that's how they deal with the bulk of the of the shit. And that's, like, why I didn't, like, get it when, like, Kurt Russell's like, oh, I had to kill your mom, by the way. Like, why would a character say that when they're trying to seduce another character and, like, taking over the world with them? Like, Yeah, so there's different, like, I was going to say excuses, <laughs> but I guess, like, d- different uh, opinions to kind of cover that fact, like, oh, Kurt Russell's character Ego thought that he had Peter Quill so, so into the, under his trance that, like, saying that wouldn't matter, or that, you know, Kurt Russell being a god, having so little value for human life, this is, like, it's, like, not even a big deal. Like, oh, why would that bother you. Yeah, pretty oh, flimsy. Oops. Would would have been more dramatically effective if Star-Lord had figured that out rather than just having it be like evil bad guy like monologuing. So I, I love his Peter uh, Star-Lord's reaction to it. Where he like, starts where he, shooting like, the shit out of him. Instantly uh, gets out of his trance and this, yeah, this yeah. wells on him. Like right. That was great. But that whole plot, let's, let's dig into this. Because it's almost like the D plot of this movie. The main and, plot is the D plot. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of like how much focus they yeah. spend on it, and it's like this is your main plot, and I felt like things got like never it, earned or it was or never earned, on. and it was all revealed in like that last scene in like the third act yeah. where it's like, here's my plan. Okay, now you're on my side. Okay, now you're under my control. Now I tell you this thing about your mom, and now we're fighting, and now all of a sudden you have the same powers and as strong as the powers as I have. Right. And so people, so all the people complaining about Ray like, learning the Force too quickly. Oh, yeah. This like, movie does it way worse. Like, <laughs> we go from Peter barely knowing how to do a ball and then Yondu saying, believe in yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> He's just as strong as the planet. Yeah. It's like making a Pac-Man out of himself and shit. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Very so bizarre. that plot, I feel like for it to work, Ego's weird because he's he's not a bad villain, but he's not a great villain either. No. Did you enjoy Kurt Russell's performance? I like his performance. And that's okay. where I'm thinking if it's any other person, mm-hmm. I feel like people would be dogging on it a little bit yeah. more. But Kurt Russell, I think, kind of saves that character. Yeah, Joe was saying that it was, like, a good fit of casting in that, like, oh, that's, like, a perfect match for, like, that character, that Chris Pratt's dad in this would be Kurt mm-hmm. Russell because they just kind of have that same kind of, like, flippant attitude or whatever. Like, yes. I think this is what would have fixed that plot line for me is they revealed it too late. If that would have been halfway in the movie, uh, Ego tells Star-Lord his plot, and mm. kind of convinces him throughout there. Mm. And then you get kind of like jackass asshole Chris Pratt. Yeah, where he kind of turns on his team a little more. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, no, this is great. And you play with that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. 
And then that kind of separates the rest of the team. Right. And then they're dealing with their stuff. Yeah. Like, that seems like it would have been a more natural way. And also, because they, they're kind of taking the spotlight off of Star-Lord to give it to the other side character. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. way would have seemed like a more natural way to do it by taking Star-Lord out of the equation by he's with his dad now and now they're hanging out doing, like, bad guy things together. I yeah. don't know. I mean, the way they race through all these plot points, it does feel like... I think our guest Kyle was saying, like, mm-hmm. after we saw it, he was like, this should have been Guardians of the Galaxy, like, volume 10. It, it's, it has that kind of, like, well, what do we do now kind of, like, feeling yeah. to how uncohesive the plot is that like a, a second would need like a tighter structure and more of a build on like okay this is what we know from the first one how do we build on that mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like I don't know let's tie up some loose ends and throw out whatever we got or again I can't I do like the idea of this one playing more like building the characters giving them arcs but because they tried to do every character mm-hmm. and also be because they tried to, like, do the bad guy characters as well mm-hmm. with uh, Nebula and... Michael Rooker. Yep. And then adding Mantis. It was just too too many characters. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on. Also, speaking on the... Th- was this PG-13? It, it must have It be. must have been. Speaking on, like, the funny, like, kids movie getting a little bit, like overly adult like i thought they were kind of going one way when like the drone ships were getting destroyed because like oh well it's just a drone like of course blow up as many of these ships as you want because it's like no consequence that person's still alive but then like later in the movie when like groot and yondu and rocket are escaping the ship and they're just straight up murdering the ravagers like like just wantonly opposed to like some upbeat 80s pop music yeah it's very like happy tune and like (laughs) Like, just, like, raining bodies from the sky, just, like, fucking annihilating these dudes. And then, like, when Taserface launches the dissenting members of the Ravagers, like, out into space, just, like, bodying them out into the cold. Yeah. So brutal. It's like, oh, shit. Hide your kids. I thought the Taserface taunt thing was very lame. I did not like that. People like the Taserface thing. It didn't... A lot of the humor didn't work for me as well as the first one, I think. Yeah. I, I feel like more jokes for me hit in the first one than in this one. I still liked quite a bit of stuff, but yeah, like the taser face one didn't really work for me. I read an example, too, of like James Gunn kind of like... He has his characters talk a little too much in terms of like explaining their emotions yeah. or the joke. So there's a joke where Nebula... At the very beginning, like, she wants to eat this plant, mm-hmm. like, this vegetable, oh, and they right, keep right, joking, right. like, oh, it's not ripe, it's not ripe. Yeah, don't eat so, that. So finally, at the end, she has one after she takes control of all their, like, uh, gang members. Yeah, she's looking all badass. Yeah, and, and she looks bad, and she takes a bag, and then she spits it out, and it's great. Uh-huh. It's a great joke if you cut it there. Right. But, until, but then she goes, like... It's not right. Yeah. It's like, we know. Well, yeah, you, you're explaining the joke. <laughs> and there's a couple emotional scenes, too, where they do that. Like, the Yondu and Rocket scene, mm-hmm. where they are connecting. I, I like, but then they go, like, don't you get it? We're the same. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we we know no. that. That's what this whole scene has been <laughs> building towards. You don't have to tell us. The other 
like big comedy routine that I was just like rolling my fucking eyes through was the like sending Groot to get the fin. Oh, and he's like, holding up the stuff right out of the fucking mask. Jim carries the mask. Like Milo, get not the cheese, get the keys. Like it's straight up like pound for pound that gag. Yeah. But then it just goes on and on and on. He's like bringing out all like the table and like all the human toe and all the yeah. shit. And it's like choose two or three. Two of them, yeah. Because yeah, for me it went too long too. And like the best one I think was like he hands him a thing mm-hmm. and then he looks at it and then he hands it back to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that's a good joke. But because you're doing all of them, yeah, it, it, it was takes like, away from It was like one of those, like, Jonah Hill comedies, like, where you just, you can tell they just, like, let him, like, do all the takes, you mm-hmm. know, or, like, a Will Ferrell type thing where it's just like, okay, different punchline, different punchline, different punchline. But they just, like, left them all in. Yeah, they don't want to, they're like, well, which one are we going to edit? It's all good. I like, don't know. Someone's job has to be, like... You know, rule of three this so yep. it functions as a joke and you don't overstay your welcome. Because there's also not, there's like a very negated sense of like rising frustration from them. They're just kind of like, no, it wasn't that. Oh, no, that's funny. Oh, okay, here's a comment. Like, there there wasn't even like a, come on, motherfucker, like it's ticking clock, we gotta yeah, go. Yeah. Like, nobody gets mad at little Groot ever. And yes. it, it's just. Let's switch it to some positives now. Okay. Besides that, I really like their little group character. <laughs> Did you like it when they tortured him? There was like a torture scene. Yeah. Where they <laughs> Another, you know, it's for the kids. Yeah, of course. Um, I like that, like, Batista, like, basically calls him smaller, dumber group. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty funny. Like, again, they, they there's like little surprises like that. It was like, okay, you're going to have little Groot in the movie. He's mm-hmm. going to be cute. Is he going to get annoying? I didn't expect him to have, like, the personality of, like, an actual baby. Right. And, like, not understanding things and, like... Needing affection and stuff. Needing affection and, like, beating up on, like, having tantrums and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so all that was, like, a pleasant (laughs) surprise where I was like, okay, that's... That's a good twist. Yeah. The Groot stuff was pretty surprisingly funny, I guess, to me, too. I think it... I think it got a little bit annoying. Like, by the time we finally Mm -hmm. did get to, like, the gag where he's, like, explaining the button on the battery you're like okay enough enough and it's tough with that one too because it's like you're two hours in the movie and now it's the scene you've seen seen a hundred times yeah and you like drax yeah oh that's what i was gonna ask you do you think by giving him mantis is that does that help boost his funniness i guess we talked about that yeah yeah because he was kind of like he didn't have a oh he i don't know he didn't really have a plot other than it was just like having him reveal how his emotions work or whatever. But I was going to ask you this. Yes. So I've come in contact with some articles and some ideas or at least some reports of like children with autism being very pleased by Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe oh, we've talked about this before. No, we haven't. Where the well, my argument would be that like the whole team is pretty much spectrum bound. And <laughs> sure. I've heard people say it's like Drax because he takes everything literally and doesn't, yes. doesn't understand certain societal, like, uh, shorthands that yeah. he's kind of this obviously intentional autistic character. Mm-hmm. But to me, isn't Groot, like, the obvious autistic character? Because he just says, I am Groot. Well, because he's, yeah, he's so, like, insular in his world and his, like, vocabulary. Uh, yeah. and, like, 
Well, if, if he has this one caretaker character, like. Well, the the funny thing about autism is since it's a spectrum, you get a little bit of everything. So I have definitely met and have worked with people with autism who are like Batista, mm-hmm. who are very like literal and kind of fun to like goof around with. It's a it's a fun dynamic sometimes playing with someone who's that literal. Mm. And it's like, oh, wow. No, I didn't mean... Right. I didn't, I didn't mean, mean that. No, you could think of it that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, that, so that's pretty interesting. And yeah, Batista is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you do have uh, some people who, with autism who are in kind of their own world. Mm-hmm. And maybe are even nonverbal, like Groot, too. Yeah. And then they surprise you with their talents, right, like right. Groot, too. So yeah, you could even make a case like that. I don't know. It's interesting because it pops up more frequently because I think, like... We know when we were kids and, like, there was just kind of this blanket, like, our word thrown at all, you know, anybody that was different. different yeah. And now with, like, vaccination scare type wackos and, like, just that the it's kind of, like, surfacing as being a more understandable thing and, like, the Power Rangers movie trying to, like, kind of overtly feature, like, an autistic character and mm-hmm. whatever. It was, it's kind of more prevalent. And I don't know. I was just kind of wondering if you had, like, any particular version to that being adopted because it's, like, too overly simplifying of the... Well, you know, I mean, you work with these people that are obviously extremely dynamic and, like, right. have a lot going on. And, like, is the, are these movies trying to, like, cash in on something that ha- is kind of, like, having this moment right now of awareness? or? Yeah. Is it actually like a recognition of this fan base sure. of people? Um, I think I would be more worried if Hollywood tried to narrow what autism is. Mm. And so if we just had Rain Man characters right. in every movie and that's like, there's your autistic character, then I think it would be a problem. Okay. But the fact that we're like going through the Guardians, it's like, oh yeah, this character kind of has some traits of someone with autism. Mm. You know, the Groot character kind of has these traits. The character in Power Ranger is even different than the ones in the Guardians of the Galaxy. So mm. I think the fact that they're kind of showing the different sides of the spectrum, I feel like it's a good thing. Gotcha. And also the fact, like, they're not outward promoting, like, Drax is the autistic no, guardian. No, I don't think so either. I think it's just I've kind of heard people mention that in analysis of the Yeah, well, the that's, that's the way to do it. That's a fun way to do it, like mm. looking at the film and going, oh, this character kind of has these traits that I recognize from, yeah. you know, someone with autism. Yeah, that's, 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 that is very interesting. Um, I feel like I should follow that up with something about my dick or my butthole <laughs> to kind of balance out. Uh, so my, my dick is very autistic. <laughs> it's in its own world. Perfect. Okay. Um, thought it was cute when they did the 700 jumps and everyone made wacky faces for yeah, that, five minutes. I guess I got Hitchhiker's Guide <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 vibes yeah. from that it was one. It kind of Ren and Stimpy for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't do it. I was going to talk about more positive, but I want to get to another nitpick. Oh, go ahead. At the end of the movie, the <laughs> ego character, what I liked about the first one, which one, which Guardians do you think you liked more? The first oh, one, the second I one? Enjoy, I enjoyed this one more. Okay. Yeah. I think I liked the first one more, and it's a little bit tighter for me in terms of... Yeah, well, it's a, it's a standard MacGuffin movie, so, like, at least the thrust of the, of, like, this scene moves to this scene because we need this. This scene moves to this yes. scene because we need that. Like, this does not have... This is fucking, like, Louise Bunel compared to the, like, straight-up, like, A to B structure of the first one. Right. And then the, the problem with the villain fight is it seemed like all the villains 
fights I hate. So you have two gods whose powers are unexplained. I don't know the rules for them. Right. So they're just going at it. So I don't know, like, Chris Pratt's turning in Pac-Man and hitting Russell Crowe. No. <laughs> Kurt uh, Russell Crowe? Kurt, Kurt Russell's, like, fist. Uh-huh. They run into each other. I'm like, is that is that good? Is yeah. that bad? Are they, did that hurt them? I don't we know. We don't know. He's a, he's a planet. He's a god. I am a god. And so it's like, shouldn't this fight be over in one second? Yeah. I, I I need more rule structure on how these powers work, and also it's not interesting when you have Superman versus Superman, and they're just punching each other. Well, it's also like a real kick in the dick to the audience when you have like Superman, who's been Superman for a billion years, versus like Superboy, who just got his powers five seconds ago, and they're equally bad. And they're equally, and then the fact that like he has a physical brain mm-hmm. that they're trying to blow up is like a little. Okay, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess you have to have some sort of some weakness. Achilles heel, brain in a jar thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but my point of the first one is like I liked they were going towards that, and then like the humor of the movie was like Peter does like the dance scene, mm-hmm. and then they did the gym thing, mm-hmm. which was kind of like built up through the movie. Mm-hmm. And this one, I don't know. I wanted I wanted a more clever solution. I guess. Yeah. Like like either like tricking the brain. Or tri- tricking ego somehow and destroying itself. Having a having a conclusion that's less bash em, smash em, and more like, oh, this character the whole time was like, oh, I just need my spinach. I just need my spinach. Yes. I'm a total god if I just had my spinach. And then yeah. they're like, we got to steal the spinach. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it had that, or like, we got to put kale in place of his spinach so he or, thinks he ate the spinach yeah, but or didn't. like you know with him planting the plants everywhere he's like I, I have a lust for power right yeah, and then yeah, you yeah. go oh he has lust for power let's use that against him right and now it's like oh you planted a plant on my back and I didn't and now it's my lust my greed my has like overcame me yeah 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 that's more poetic way to like vanquish a villain and they totally were just like no we're just gonna do the blow him up thing yeah and, and it's less like so the Guardians destroyed a god? Yeah. Like, what can they not do? They and can it's do more anything. like they outwitted this god. They, they, mm-hmm. they tricked him. Kind of like in the Doctor Strange one. Like, Doctor Strange movie. Spoiler for a Doctor Strange <laughs> Marvel. Yeah, spoiler movie. for this shitty piece of shit. The ending for that one is he tricks this god mm-hmm. into, like, going into this loop. He didn't outpower him. Right. He, he outclevered him. He outclevered him, and that's the when you're an underdog, you have to like explore your underdogness to like feel like you did justice to that battle actually turning out like the David and Goliathness of it. Yeah, like, or even to help kind of the flow of the movie, connecting that first plot to the end, like whatever Rocket steals at the beginning. Oh, actually, we can use that at the end here to help us defeat. Well, that's what they did. The villain, the battery. That's those. Are, the bomb is the batteries. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. It's well, not very good. clear, but I mean, it's but it's not very good because it's just a total like throwaway. Like, oh, that. So my beef with why he stole the batteries because like yeah. that's an extremely risky thing to just like try to do a bait and switch while you're still trying to exit the planet yeah. and then like say to the face of like the bad guys like something incriminating yeah. and then like walk out like nothing's wrong like that's flimsy and crappy anyway yeah. but I know that they needed a reason for you know Star-Lord and Ego to meet so like having the bad guy drones chase after him and blah blah it's like it's also like conveniently like you just see the the, the notes on the page being like we need to accomplish well, this they kind of 
They kind of explain it through the arc of Rocket, where it seems like he's doing the thing where he's pushing people away on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, like, they they kind of touch on the point of, like, he didn't need to steal the batteries, but there's, like, something inside him... Compelling him. Compelling him to do it, mm-hmm. even though Yondo character says, you don't, you didn't need these batteries. So you think... Why are you, like, sabotaging this relationship yeah. with everybody, like, this family you have? And so I think it was explained, but again, the problem is you're doing so much on in this movie in terms of, like, these arcs, and you're not spending enough time developing them to a meaningful point where, like, it doesn't have the same impact that it should. Right, because you can, you can telegraph the whole thing. Yeah. Do you think that they were trying to hint at that Rocket has some extra sensory power of, like, maybe he does these what seem like kind of agent of chaos type things, mm-hmm. but there's something in him that's, like, kind of, like, there's this fortuitous reason why he does them, so it's, like... Oh. I can't explain right now why I stole these. I had to, but it's because something in my little raccoon mind was like, I'm going to need this later to defeat oh, the bad guy. I mean, that's that's interesting. And like, that's what makes him like a worthwhile character. Like while he was um, while he was turned into this thing, like they might maybe even those villains yeah. planted something in his brain. Right. Yeah. He's just got this extra sense, extra sensory perception type chip or whatever that like you know has some kind of algorithm that like does a like D&D dice tumble and like figures out all the potential like outcomes or whatever and he's like oh if I do this this will get this but it just kind of stores in the back of his brain so then as the character like acts like lashes out on everybody and like does heinous things mm-hmm. it at the time seems like fuck this little fucking trash panda but secretly he's like 10 steps ahead of everybody and even secret to himself it just like <laughs> comes out that he's just like like long shot or whatever, he's just like a lucky character. Yeah, he he knew those batteries would come into play, but he didn't at some point. But he it, didn't. It's yeah. just it's, it's just his destiny. I wonder if it undercuts his the arc they're giving him though. Of- I think the arc that they're giving him is shitty. So I think this is better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying James- to outright these assholes. <laughs> yeah, James Gunn, get at us. <laughs> oh fuck, I'm not gonna go see. Oh shit! Oh, uh, I already blew that for that's you. That's okay. Um, Okay, well, they're playing it again on Wednesday, so uh, uh, Fifth Element will have to wait. Hollywood, what have you done to us? (laughs) Sean just wanted to see a decent film, and you got us, like... And Sean started off with a positive view on this, and I've twisted your brain into, like, no, don't see this good movie. Come talk trash about this movie that people like with me. (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be great when it's, like, the 20th podcast that comes out with some dumbass opinion on Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. This after is what like, should have done. After like a week after it's been out where everyone's already been like, yeah, I already listened to all the podcasts that reviewed this. What do you think <laughs> I give a shit about your guys' opinion about yeah. it? But we're negative. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference. That's the difference. Mm, okay. That we're just a bunch of cranky babies. Yeah, that's true. Um, I want to talk about the five Marvel stingers at the end of this movie. Too many endings to this movie. How does Marvel, the people who invented stingers, lose sight of what they're actually good for? I don't. Like, so there's. Because they're just like, oh, more must be better. Yeah, because the end of the movie ends with the funeral. The we didn't even the, get to the funeral. Oh Shit. Well, the fu- this funeral is so lame. Like, the Yanni oh, self sacrifice really was completely undercut by Chris Pratt's terrible performance when he, like, gave him the 
power pack or whatever yeah. and and started freezing to death because Chris Pratt's just like doing like a goofy Parks and Rec face and he's not selling the like pain of this at all and like after he just vanquished his like actual father and is kind of in, embracing this concept of like oh this this guy was my dad the whole time this guy yeah. actually was my guy mm-hmm. and then he kind of just goes oh dang it like he just doesn't <laughs> give it its proper emotional moment uh-huh. and then they kind of try to patch that together at the funeral when he's like has nice things to say about him yeah. or whatever but it's just like didn't work it didn't i didn't buy it oh see it's funny where we uh come together and where we part i like the funeral stuff like the funeral stuff was probably my favorite part of the movie yeah like that's what that's what kind of like saved the movie for me is like the, the yon the yondo yondu mm-hmm. the yogurt <laughs> his arc and storyline i really liked I liked the funeral stuff. I liked when his shipmates came and they did the fireworks. Right, right. And I liked the characters reacting to it. Even when they were on the planet and we knew one of them was going to die and the Guardians had to leave them on the planet. Mm. Um, and Rocket saying, like, I'm not going to lose any more friends. So he, like, stops Gamera from going out there. Mm-hmm. And then you have Drax yelling, Quill! Right, right. Like, all that emotional stuff at the end. That worked, did it for you. That worked for me. Okay. That's good. That means that you're not a hardened-hearted piece of garbage that wants to annihilate humanity. But it is, it, I mean, it is tough. Like, if you are looking at Chris Pratt, and that's what I mean, is, like, some of their they have emotional scenes and then they undercut it. Yeah, and especially when you like you look at Chris Pratt and he needs to do his sad face and he's doing, he's doing goofy Parks and Rec face. Yeah, it's not going to sell it you on. Yeah, it. it was a bit of a fumble, but okay. So anyway, to get back to the stingers thing, so we oh, end sure. with this like kind of tearful like sad. funeral for a friend type yeah. thing, and it just straight up end ends fade to black ends with like Rocket crying. Yeah. Like, it's just a close-up of his face and, like, tears streaming down this little mad character's, like, finally, like, compassion for his compatriots. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, fuck, that's kind of like a, it's kind of a heavy move. And then, (laughs) here's the best of Stallone, here's this other character. Like, it just gets so wacky. So not only is he undercutting all of his emotional scenes, he's... He's even undercutting the final scene. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't even let it, like, that sink in before, bam, here's a joke stinger. Here's Sean Gunn flying the Yondu stick into Drax's neck. Like, yeah. Yeah. It just gets wacky immediately. There's no sense of, like, give that a breath. Give that a yeah. beat. Let the music swell and just kind of sit with that for a second. Save your goof for after the credits. Well, yeah. And so you used to know, too, like, okay, if you want to see the stinger... You gotta sit through all the credits, yep. and it's at the very end. Mm-hmm. Now, and then that transformed to okay. Well, we won't make you we, sit through we all. No, a lot of people are gonna leave, and then they're gonna be pissed. Yeah, so we'll put it in like the middle, and then that yeah. kind of changed to like at the very end, like mm-hmm. before the credits even start. And now it's to the point where there's like five of them at various points in the credits. It seems like a blooper reel or like a deleted scenes, like DVD, like like. This is an extra bonus feature, but it's, like, tacked into the movie. Right. And so when I say they're kind of, like, missing their own point, the point of the stinger was to, like, hype you for the next thing. Right. And it was like, oh, 
did you, did you see that? Did you see that shoe? Mm-hmm. Shoelace? That was Thanos shoelace. <laughs> it wasn't comic book number forty-two. That's that's Adam Warlock's hypervolic chamber. Yeah, and so then that's like gets all the nerds talking. You ask your friend, and you work, or you look it up on Wikipedia, and you get hyped. Mm. When you have five of them, like the conversation's so spread out. Yeah, and like I I had trouble just trying to remember. Which ones I saw. Yeah, there's too much going on there. So, this is the list I got. We okay. got, like, a Stan Lee cameo again. Oh, yeah, with the Watchers. I forgot with about the that one. Okay. So, that didn't impart on us any actual information. No, but it is funny, and it's a theory that fans have had for a long time. Of oh, like Stan Lee is... As, a Watcher character. As this, as this same character through all his yeah. cameos. So, basically, the Watcher... I'm going to mess this up, so sorry, comic book fans. But basically, the Watcher is, like, these people in the Marvel Universe who just watch the events... They're, all, they're like gods, and they can they can't they don't interact. They can't interact, and they just observe. So that explains why Stanley is has a cameo as different characters through all these movies. Mm. So it's like that's a great stinger. Sure. Okay, I didn't even think of that. But that's not all, because then we also get the Sean Gunn whistling one, right? Which it shows like, oh, Sean Gunn might be a guardian now, and Yondo's character is kind of being passed. The mantle's being passed, right? Again. A great scene for like, oh yeah, now I'm pumped about Sean Gunn being this new. Yondo. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think of that. Okay. Well, again, because yeah. I was throwing Too much shit, shit. spaghetti on the wall. No time to think about it. Uh, teenage group. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Where now he's like has the personality of like a adolescent teenage boy. Yep. His tree roots are all over his room. Mm-hmm. He's he can't <laughs> talk to. He's listening. He's playing on his uh, I- iPad. Uh, Did you remember that scene? Uh, no, I forgot. I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah, I remembered, and and I was like, okay, so now this is so they can buy the third one, have him be big again. But then I remembered what they did with this one. He's yeah. going to be a teenager in He's the third one. Latino teenager. So another thing you could have would have been a very satisfying one. Mm-hmm. You have Sly with his. The Spendables crew. Okay, and this was divisive amongst the people I was watching yes. the movie with because I thought that was a throwaway gag of mm-hmm. them being like, hey, while the movie you were watching was going on, we had this secret, like, we thought we were the heroes of the movie <laughs> and we're this shitty, like, Western family version of the actual Guardians. Yeah, and they thought you were watching their adventure. Yes, and so whatever dumb thing they ended up doing was, like, they were patting themselves on the back for. But then when I turned to, like, relay that idea to the people I was with, everyone was like, no, that's probably setting up the next movie. And I was like, oh, no, like, that can't be an actual legitimate team. I didn't know. Apparently that team is the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Fuck that. So, like, the characters are supposed to be who, in the comics, was the original team. And so maybe they will show up in the next one. I don't know why you'd want... Sly Stallone, like, being your main star or, like, main storyline in that movie. You but didn't even want him in this in the first place. Like, but, again, that scene, you have no explanation for if you don't know it. Like, I had to look that up. Yeah. But also, I had to look up all this other stuff because they also say Adam. Adam Warlock. Warlock. Yeah. I didn't know who that is. Yeah. I had to look his ass up He's as well. He's the cool guy. 
That's that's all I remember. He Wait, what is guy. he? He's the gold guy in like some Silver Surfer comics. Okay, I remember. I, and I read too. Like he had the soul gem. Yeah, he was one of. He had it like in his skull. Yeah. or something. But also now, like reading theories and stuff, he probably won't have it because Vision probably has that gem oh, on his thing. God damn so, it! So there's so much conflicting things, yeah. and then also. Jeff Goldblum is in the credits. I don't remember that at all. He's not even a featured scene. He's, like, kind of hidden in the little side bubbles. Oh, that's right. That's they right. showed, like, yeah. some and of the and cast And he's, he's the guy dancing. he's playing in the, the new Thor movie. And, yeah. Okay. And so now, a little teaser for the next Thor movie. Yeah. So much going on. I'm exhausted on. just trying to yeah. explain all this. It's those. just character lasagna. Too much layers. I don't know. Uh, the the I feel like James Gunn is a little bit trolling the fact that he's had to do these movies. Like maybe he recognizes the like shitty thing that Marvel's been doing of like snapping up these kind of like kind of cool like not indie but like kind of low budget kind of actually doing some actual interesting innovative stuff like directors and then tying their hands with all these hoops they have to like jump through for the company. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he's kind of like. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of fling a little bit of mud in the eye of everybody. Like, I don't really take this very seriously. So I'm going <laughs> to undercut my humorous moments, and I'm going to undercut my emotional moments. I'm going to have, like, something, like, actually maybe tender as my final shot, and then I'm immediately going to play, like, <laughs> Parliament Funkadelic. Like, Well, you've seen his other movies. Is this kind of his gig, though? Does he normally... Uh, he is fond of putting uh, pop tunes at the end of his movies, like, mm-hmm. but, like, so is everybody. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what's your actual oh, question? Oh, in terms of, like, does he have a history of, like, doing emotional scenes and then undercutting it with jokes? Yeah, I think, I think it's a blend of both, like, okay. that's his style. And not that that's a problem, but sometimes you do it so much that yeah. it, it, it kind of takes away. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's also on such a bigger spotlighted stage now. Like, right. when he does, like, spoilers for Super, but, like, when he, not really, actually, but, like, when he does his, like, death scenes and stuff in, in mm-hmm. Super, it's, like, pretty black comedy funny, but it's also yeah. like, oh, shit, that character is straight up dead. Right. Like, that's, you could choose how you want to feel about that. Yeah. But with this, because they're flinging him so hard and furious, like, uh they kind of seem sloppy. Sure. Sean, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, fuck. So I I guess I want to answer the questions you had for the teaser, your concerns. So one of your concerns was there's too many characters. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that way, or do you feel like the added characters help the dynamic? The added characters helped for the comedy and interaction distribution Mm -hmm amongst different types of scenarios so that the dynamic felt a little bit different than the first one. So I praise it for that. But because they chose to do that, a lot of other things suffered. So was it the right choice? Probably not. Right. Uh, Django, our celebrity guest during that episode, was concerned that maybe there would be too much green screen. Yeah. That's, I, I, was, I was expected the whole thing was probably a green screen. Yeah. But does it, did you feel that way watching them? Uh, I think I probably pretty quickly accepted the fact that there wasn't going to be any actual sets. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, these movies are cartoons to me. <laughs> like, uh, you saw, you said you thought it looked cool. There's a, visually, there's some cool moments. Okay. Like the, I thought it looked cooler than the first one. Yeah, it felt more like the gold people. There's a scene of Gamora just kind of in the planet mm. field and... 
Yeah, there's some there's some cool cinematography. I like the design of like those weird sex prostitute robots. Like yeah. having some... the robot bikinis, but then like the weird yellow skinned like armored bodies. That's yeah. kind of weird. Uh, you have Sly's crew, so there's this like a crystal like, guy. There's like, like a, a crystal, crystal ice man yeah. type character. So like some of the aliens looked better than yeah. in the first one. Like when sure. they go in the prison of the first one, like all those aliens designs were pretty dumb. boring. Yeah. It's all just like generic cantina background guys. Yeah, yeah this one was a little better on the design front. Uh, so the thing that I did not like design yeah. wise was Kurt Russell explaining his like cosmic adventure story, oh, and the- it was with these weird like waxy, shitty like the lawnmower man beyond the yeah. mind's eye type bad animated. Well, it goes back to my I don't know if I talked about it on a podcast. One of my Biggest pet peeves ever in sci-fi movies, excuse, mm. and like Star Wars and stuff. They have all this technology, all of these like teleporting, internet, mm. cannot record phone calls or videos <laughs> of people. Every time they're watching a video or sending a video message, it's always like staticky <laughs> and like dropping. And it's like... How? How have you not fixed this? Because they're going through time and space, like, interdimensionally. Uh, so th- I got the same vibe. Mm. You're a god. Mm-hmm. You can create planets and life. Yeah. And you can't make better clay You're really figures. phoning in the fucking design elements in your puppet show explanation of your uh, conquering of the world. They try to do a thing where it's like, we got to explain a lot of exposition. Mm-hmm. So let's, so let's show let's, some stuff. Let's show some stuff. And it's like, crappy. the way they showed it made it... It slowed it down to a crawl. Yeah. Like, they should have done maybe some animation or, like, so- something different. I, I don't, don't know. know. But the, the clay thing did not work. Speaking of visual, when Kurt Russell, when he comes back to life and he, it shows him, like, making the body and, mm-hmm. like, his body's being built up with the bones oh, yeah. and then the veins and stuff. Yeah. That was, that was cool. cool. That was very, like, Dr. Manhattan-y. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you like the Kurt Russell's face, his young face at the beginning of the yeah, movie? Yeah, that was, that was actually good, too. Joe was saying that's the best he's ever seen that done, and I had to agree. Yeah. But it still was, like, creepy, uncanny valley-ness enough Very to true. be like, ah, and what's going better, on? It's better than the Star Wars Leia one. Big time. Big time. Uh, you brought up Dr. Manhattan. Mm-hmm. I, we really should stop nitpicking. Okay. But in terms of, like, God characters, like, I wanted him to be a little more subtle about it, right? Yeah. Or, like, um, spoiler for the comic book of The Watchmen, who's the main bad guy? Oh, it's, like, Ozzy... Yeah, Oxycontin. <laughs> I can uh, picture the character. Okay, yeah, but, but the, yeah. the bad guy in The Watchmen... Mm-hmm. At least in the comic book version, he wasn't. He he felt justified in like having to, you know, do the thing he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so and so, there's like a little like he felt. I don't know. I'm going to cut all this out. But the way <laughs> <laughs> the, the way they go about the god character is he just turned into a bad guy too quickly. Yeah, there's no justification, and it's kind of just like if he actually did love these women or whatever, like really undercuts that concept. Like, maybe he was just totally grifting or whatever, but, like, mm-hmm. it just seems unnecessary so that when he's like, yeah, and screw humanity, I don't care, and, it, like, whatever's the collateral damage of the destruction of the universe is, like, not important because it's all about me, and, like... Yeah, I like, and his motivation of, like, he's a god, and he's, like, bored with 
life, I guess, so he's deciding to take over all of life. Mm. It's like, what are you going to create with that? I don't know. There's such a, like, a better opportunity, I think, to heighten the trope of dad who leaves family out of kind of like, I can, I don't have to settle down. I can like still be a rock star kind of like vibe that many of us have like had in our family upbringings. And like that is a more resonant abstraction of a concept than just like having this character be a god and bad guy and like kind of trying to like throw in like, well, maybe he loved his family. Maybe he didn't like that's too much. Like, yeah. I don't know. You had a good thing going, and you kind of, like, fumbled it. They did. I didn't like that they, like, stepped ads for the win on this one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, usually those type of movies, it's always, like, stepped ads get shit on. Yeah. Well, the stepdad had to die. He had to straight up die. <laughs> so, yes, he did kind of get shit on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, final reviews. I gave the trailer, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. I would give the film uh, probably, like, a... Seven out of ten, like maybe a like. Whoa, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't change the rating system. Seven out of ten. What the fuck does that even mean? I'd give it in space with zombies. Okay. Like it felt like yeah. it's 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 on par with the other Marvel movies okay. to me. Where it's like there's aspects I liked, mm-hmm. and then like lots and lots of nitpicks, things that I hate. Yeah. Overall, I would say I liked it. Okay. I, I the the humor worked. Yeah. Um, some of the action pieces worked. I'm on board with that. I th- would also say In Space with Zombies, a lot of charming cuteness factor kind of through the roof, a lot of structural issues. This feels like draft number three that maybe needed to have draft number seven or whatever yeah, to sure. like kind of really figure out what they were trying to do. Yeah. But that being said, it's like, well, it's just a dumbass Marvel movie. What do you want, a perfect movie? You're looking in the wrong trash can. <laughs> so... Come on, Wonder Woman. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you think that's going to be the one? I I get high hopes for Wonder Woman, and I get high hopes for... Um, Thor. Thor, yeah. Yeah. the next Thor movie. That Thor one should be good, because I like the director. Yeah. I I think my favorite summary blockbuster one I've seen so far is that Kong movie. Oh, yeah. Big time. That's still, still my leader in terms of big blockbuster movies. Agreed. Uh, well, I like that we kind of split. We were both on the streams... During the trailers, and we've both settled in the middle. Yeah. Not a bad way to do it. Um, well, thanks for joining us on this very long movie review. <laughs> this can't be called a mini episode. It's a we full gotta, episode. we got to stop. Please give feedback if you like these. <laughs> yeah, we can stop at we any can, time. We're we not can, addicted to our own voices. Them. I just got all this Marvel. I'm just trying not to buggle my friends about this stuff and was like what's it filter say? it into the podcast <laughs> filter yeah. it into the space this is like a black hole void this is like the black hole in Roger Rabbit yeah you can just stick your head in and like shout all you want yeah because nobody is gonna give a shit yeah and then you can close that and go on with your day yeah exactly <laughs> we should all everyone should have their own personal podcast yeah I would recommend it uh, well, join us hopefully next week for a regular episode of Movie Babies. We will review some trailers. You can check out all our stuff on www.moviebabies.com. And Sean, mm-hmm. we don't have time to watch. We don't have time. What's our thing? <laughs> Shit. How when long, you, it, when how you long don't has have it to, been since you've done one of these? Yeah, long enough. When you don't have time to watch it. Two-minute movie trailer. Yeah. When you don't have time, 
Sean? Because, <laughs> Sean, uh-huh. you don't have time to watch a two-minute movie trailer, but you have time to listen to an hour-long... Well, Sean... <laughs> This is, it doesn't matter what you if you nail this if you if you get this right or not because I still don't have a punchline for yeah, you. Yeah, and it's really we have this end tag, but it doesn't really work for the movie episodes. We need like our own movie. Okay, like, okay. Movie Let's riff one. Um, when you have way too much time to listen to an overbloated explanation of what could have been a brief fifteen-minute conversation. That's the movie baby college years. Perfect.